0: Hi, I'm Ken Sandberg.
1: And I'm Heather Michelle Lawler. Welcome to Campfire Classics,
0: where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf. It's
1: the last episode of 20 20-
0: For really good audio, but uh, I, I was fist pumping to fuck off 2020. Fuck off, it was
1: very uh, stick it to the man from like School of Rock. I feel like <laughs> just made that up, and I'm like, yeah,
0: stick it to the man, fuck off 2020.
1: Woo! So, uh, if anybody uh, wants to use that in their upcoming musical adaption of a m- movie, you let me know. <laughs> Fuck off, 2020, fuck off!
0: Coming to you in, well, maybe not a theater, possibly YouTube.
1: Probably YouTube. In
0: 2021, or maybe 2022. (laughs) 2020, the musical. Uh, Fuck off, 2020,
1: fuck fuck off! off. And lots of fist pumping, yeah. (laughs) And all the shoulder pads, so it'll basically be uh, a rock of ages, but for 2020, because shoulder pads are back in fashion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby.
0: <laughs> Bringing back some questionable fashion choices.
1: Ah uh, yes, here we are. Here we are. We we are, as we record this, we are five days away from the end of this year, and when this is released, we are four days. Am I good at math? Today's
0: the 28th. We're releasing it tomorrow, the, the 29th. 29th. So that's one from today. 29th, 30 30 30th, 31st. So four, four days. Yeah.
1: I don't count.
0: <laughs> math is hard.
1: I'm an Time actor. Time math is
0: particularly hard.
1: In 2020 math is particularly hard. I don't know what effing day it is. Be you kidding me? But I have $600 coming my way, so thank God. Woo-hoo!
0: <laughs> it is the end of the year. Uh, For those of you keeping track, which I figure is probably everyone, we are uh, nearing, nearing the end of 2020. I look forward to all of the terrible hindsight being 2020 puns that are certain to come. Um, And other than that, I'm just sort of curious. I'm not. I'm not foolish enough to think that just because it's 2021, all of the problems are going to go away, but it does seem like things are starting to head in the right direction as we close this year out.
1: Yeah. Uh, Uh, Vaccines
0: uh, are being distributed. Um,
1: yeah, I have a lot of friends in the uh, medical profession that have already gotten their vaccines. So that's, they've been sharing pictures and that's very encouraging. And, uh, Uh, My friend also started, she found an advent calendar that had, like, gotten tucked behind some stuff. So, like, (laughs) she was like, oh, well, whoops. And then she went, I can use this. Um, And she's doing a countdown to the Biden presidency (laughs) starting today. (laughs) So, 24 days from now outstanding I know I'm like brilliant Emily Brilliant. I love it so she now has a and it's a Star Wars advent calendar so it's all like Mandalorian Um, oh that's fun I like that yeah so she's she's using uh, her advent calendar to uh, count down the end of 45's bullshit so good for her do you have any resolutions it's like resolutions are weird this year because like my resolution is to like Hopefully get to hug my friends and, you know, like hopefully have a f- real job again and, you know, not live in my childhood bedroom.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have. Um, I'm always weird about New Year's resolutions. I do like to set goals for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, things like we got 52 weeks next year. I'd like to make sure we release at least 45 new episodes of this podcast over the 52 weeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, stuff like that.
0: That that kind like, of thing. Workout,
1: work out. Like, I mean, like, I always want to be healthy and stuff. So, like, it's like a weird... Resolutions are always... Yeah, they're weird because they have such a bad rap. <laughs> People are like, I'm going to make a resolution. And then, like, by the end of January, they're like, I don't know. I don't remember making a resolution. What are you talking
0: about? Well, and resolutions to me always have... It's such a... Uh, um, you know, either you succeed or you don't thing about it. Yeah. Whereas for me, I feel like if you set a goal, um, you were successful if you moved towards it. Yeah. Uh, whereas a resolution is a thing like, I don't know. I,
1: I want to lose 10 pounds. Yeah. It's like, and then what then if the you fuck lose, does that even and, mean? And then
0: it's like, if you lose nine and a half, you're a failure. Yeah. And I'm like,
1: no, that's not, I don't, uh, No. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I agree. But if, uh, if anyone has any interesting resolutions, send them our way. Um, cause I'm always interested. Some people come up with really great ones, but like, I, especially with 2020 to 2021, it's like, yeah. um, survive. <laughs> so here we are. What is
0: your new year's resolution? Make it to the end of the next year. Yeah.
1: I, that's legit. <laughs> I mean, we asked my dad's 70th birthday was yesterday. Um, and so we, <laughs> we were like. Dad, what do you want to do for the next 10 years? What are, it's like basically, what was your resolution for the next 10 years? He goes, make it through the next 10 years. (laughs) So, which is fair. That's legit. Um, we did hit a mile marker, uh, last night while we slept. I love when you hit like goals while you're sleeping,
0: when you're not even paying attention. Like
1: the best, well, that's honestly, they say, like, uh, the best things happen when you're looking the other way, like, you know, yeah, um. So we hit 1500 downloads last night. Woohoo! 1500. That's really cool. That's a fun number. Um we started this thing in uh out of our love for like these old stories and like the fun we have reading them and ridiculousness and we're really honored that other people are listening to them as well cuz we we love them. So as um Keep keep sharing and keep uh, sending us suggestions and uh, thank you thank you for listening like it, it's really cool so we we love doing this yeah it
0: really it's it's nice to feel like there's um there are at least a couple people out there who yeah. enjoy this um at least a fraction as much as we
1: do. yeah we, we have a blast <laughs> I don't know if you could tell but, um we'll yeah, we'll check th- as far as tired. as far as this
0: goes as far as this goes we'll check in with you in a few days. And see how 2021's going.
1: Yeah, Um, I'm just kind of tired and ready for the next thing. And I I, like usually I don't get really crazy weird about like New Year's Eve plans. Like many times we've just had like dinner and stayed in. And um, so it's probably going to be I'm going to put on not stretch pants and uh, toast the New Year.
0: Put on a tie, pop some bubbly. Watch Don Lemon get tanked in New Orleans. Oh, my God, I'm so
1: excited. Don Lemon. Okay, so we're going to go on a tangent, but uh, the Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper New Year's has become a tradition with Ken and I. And we just love them because they're they're just so quirky and adorable. And then they shoot to Don Lemon, who's in the, like, Midwest time 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 zone. zone, And he just gets so drunk. It's amazing because he's so, like... He's so professional when he's doing his, like, newscast, and then he just, like, lets loose, and it's amazing. So I hope he gets ultra-drunk this year
0: <laughs> <He's> <laughs> for my entertainment. He has certainly earned
1: it. He ha- we have all earned it. But, yeah, if you've been a newscaster, <laughs> I don't know how they don't just, like, swear and scream at people, like, when they're interviewing, like, these, like, crazy people. Like, you know, I don't know how they keep – I honestly, like – I couldn't do it. I would. I would get fired.
0: <laughs> well, we've seen them all get closer and closer yes. to doing just that.
1: Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, you know, everyone's been slowly saying what's on their mind a little bit more." But uh, good. Good on them. Good on them. <laughs>
0: we've, we've We've seen we've seen a lot of the glasses come off and pinching the bridge of the nose yep. between thumb and middle finger. Yep.
1: Uh, then there were a couple newscasters that like someone was like blatantly lying in their interview and they just cut the feed. They just shut them off. And I'm like, that's brilliant. We yeah. should have been doing that for four years. But good on you. If you are an essential worker, and like, I want to, I know we have sent that out, but anyone who's been working throughout this pandemic in like high risk situations or giving us the news in a time where people are trying to attack journalists, um, you're amazing and we love you. So thanks for
0: doing what you do, y'all. Thanks
1: for doing it. And uh, on to the next. So, uh, speaking of on to the next, I have some fun uh, facts for this episode. Are you All ready right. for some?
0: Uh, I'm ready for some. I don't know if I'm ready for these because I don't know what they are yet.
1: You're ready for these okay. because we segued without even trying because I'm covering the history of New Year's.
0: Oh, all right. And
1: it makes sense with the stories, I cool. promise. I believe you. Kind of. We'll see. <laughs> I haven't read the stories, I read Synopsis, so it makes sense
0: based on the title of the stories, in that they are written in English and the words history of New Year's are English.
1: Yeah. So uh so we're gonna do a little little fun facts here of the history of New Year's. So um I got most of my stuff on history.com And okay. then of course our favorite Wikipedia. So um civilizations around the world um have been developing calendars for years. So like calendars have not always been what they were. So New Year's used to be in March because it was like the spring equinox is when it used to be. Um that and, makes
0: sense. Yeah. And the then, weather starts actually warming up.
1: Warming up. So Julius Caesar Came in and this is 46 BC. Came in and decided to solve this whole problem because like every year, because they had a 10 month calendar um, back in the day, every year the like weather was very different like during the the equinox because like time wasn't lining up. Okay. So yeah, like because you know if you have like imagine if they took out 10 days of the year and we just kept, eventually Christmas would be summer. <laughs> Got
0: it. So it was off by a couple of days. So every, every decade or so, all of a sudden the beginning of the year was another month hotter. Yes.
1: So it was like confusing. I mean, when do you put away your winter clothes? So (laughs) Julius Caesar came along, um, and decided to consult with the prominent astronomers and mathematicians to like line up the like seasons basically and put the calendar together. And he came up with this 12 month calendar, um, And uh, he named January after Janus, um, who is the Roman god of new beginnings. Uh, And they have this god had two faces, allowing them to look back into the past and forward forward into into the the future. future. All right. Aha, New Year's Eve. Um, So in medieval Europe, then Christians came along and ruined everything, as per usual.
0: (laughs) All right, <laughs> bold statement.
1: Um, no offense to my Christian friends and followers. Uh, I was—that's a joke. Um, extremist Christians—they um, replaced January first as the first of the year with um, days that were more religious, so that they were we weren't honoring like a false god. It was all about Jesus. Um, so December twenty-fifth and March twenty-fifth. So basically, Christmas and Easter-ish. Um, became the new years like they kind of bounced back and forth
0: that's confusing
1: isn't it <laughs> they're like we're going to change it
0: or was was one year 9 months long and then the next year was 3 months long
1: i you know consult jesus on that i <laughs> uh, um and uh then ironically pope gregory established in 1582 that New Year's was again on January 1st. He's like, this is nonsense. Christmas is this Christmas. Is Easter is Easter. New Year's is New Year's. I know it's pagan, but it's cool. Um,
0: I know it's pagan, <laughs> but so is your Christmas tree, so suck it up.
1: So this is now, This is a, these are Western New Year's. So, um, of course, um, like in ancient Egypt, um, the New Year was always the annual flooding of the Nile. So they like when the Nile would flood, it was like, hey, and that usually coincided with the rising of the star of Sirius. OK, so again, it's uh, like uh, astrology lines up. I mean, it makes sense. Well,
0: it makes sense that it would be roughly the same time every year, yeah, at least. Because
1: like, you know, it rains in April. Yep. It's like April showers bring May flowers. Um, and
0: what do May flowers bring? Summer. <laughs> Pilgrims.
1: Oh, boo, (laughs) boo, send them back. (laughs) No one wants them here. It's true. Um, And then the Chinese New Year um, is always the second new moon after the winter solstice. So this year it's going to be on February 11th. And the Chinese New Year is 16 days long because they know how to party. (laughs) Like. Wow. Yeah, I know. So for the first seven days are officially like vacation, like in China. Like that is a like that's like a holiday. Um, and then the second part is not they're like get back to work, we get a economy to run here. But yeah. So, so the they- first
0: seven days are everybody drink. <laughs> yes. The second nine days are everybody drink in between working.
1: Yes. Cool. <laughs> So, uh, China, well done. Um, Throw a party. Yeah. So, and then there's lots of, of course, tr- I, I almost did a bunch of tr- weird traditions in, like, a bunch of countries. Like, in Spain, um, right before the new year, they eat 12 grapes really fast to, like, signify, like, that is supposed to give them, uh, luck for the next 12 months.
0: Oh.
1: Um, there's like, there's the things where they, they bake the little babies into cakes and gold coins into cakes. And if you find it, um, for uh, black the record IPs. listener,
0: baking a baby into a cake,
1: <laughs> plastic this baby. is, this
0: is a little plastic baby figurine.
1: <laughs> this is not a true crime podcast.
0: This is not a reenactment of Titus Andronicus. Yeah.
1: Though I'm sure somewhere in the world, true crime podcast listeners, um, there's somebody who thought that was a good idea. Ew. Um, so, who were the first to make resolutions for the Year's? So, since we were talking about resolutions, who do you think? The French. <laughs> no. Um, the Irish. No.
0: Um, Abraham Lincoln's nephew.
1: No. Um, so, good for good. Those are good three guesses, but no, it was uh, 4,000 years ago. Oh. There is evidence. All right. By ancient Babylonians who made promises in order to earn the favor of the gods at the start of the new year to start on the right foot.
0: All right. So I was close.
1: <laughs> I mean, we're all connected, aren't we? <laughs> but yeah, so they were like, uh, we're going to do better this year um, to honor the gods. So resolutions. And then, my last little fun fact does tie directly to the author of our stories today. So, what does Old Angzine mean, and where did that come from? It is Scottish, as is our writer. All right. <laughs> um, old Angzine uh, is a Scottish folk song, and they I think you've probably heard it. Y'all, uh, should old acquaintance be forgot? Oh, Ken's going to break out the guitar and play it.
0: What do we got? Indeed. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot in days of old Langs
1: yes Yeah! So get ready to sing that on New Year's because uh, I guarantee you that most places you have celebrated, at least in the Western society, that has been sung. Um, and... It is the poet Robert Burns is credited with transcribing and adapting um, the partial and partially rewriting it in the 18th century um, because it was in Scottish and like old like Gaelic like not Gaelic that's not right that's Irish.
0: Well, there's Gaelic, there's Gaelic they're, Scottish. They're, they're yeah they they both come out of the same culture. Yeah,
1: so it was in a. It was in English.
0: <laughs> English.
1: English. It's like when you go to Scotland and you can't understand what Scottish people are saying. It's because it they're like speaking
0: English.
1: English, as as Americans speak English. <laughs> it's lyrics. Um, ask uh, old acquaintance should they be forgot, and like, do you remember? You remember experiences of the past, but move on to the future. So it's all about rebirth and going on to the next thing. Um, it became like worldwide famous. Um, when, uh, Guy Lombardo and the Royal Canadians played it on a radio broadcast from New York's Roosevelt, Roosevelt Hotel at midnight on December 31st, 1929. So they played it and then like, it went, it went, it went viral. <laughs> All
0: right. So if you like that song, hug a Canadian.
1: Hug a Canadian. Cause yay. Hug a Scottish person and then hug a Canadian. Um, And then that band actually performed it live every year in Times Square until 1976. Damn. And then they switched to speakers (laughs) in a recording. So, you know, cutting corners there. Um,
0: 50-year career off of one song.
1: It's pretty banging. That's not bad.
0: That's not bad. I'm pretty sure that's what Smash Mouth is banking on with (laughs) All-Star.
1: Hey now, you're an All-Star. I get your game on. Go play. All right. So I have a couple uh, New Year's quotes. Um, This is from Edith Lovejoy Pierce, who is a poet from the uh, early 19th century. Okay. We will open the book. Its pages are blank. We are going to put words on them ourselves. The book is called Opportunity, and its first chapter is New Year's Day. So it's like you get to start a new whole new chapter in a book, a whole new. um, I like that. Yeah. Uh, And then Alex Morit, who is a current poet, um, who wrote a really fun book like about like poetry during a pandemic um, that you can (laughs) buy now. Um, I haven't read it, so I'm not vouching for the book, but it was I was like, that's fun. Um, New year, a new chapter, new verse or just the same old story. Ultimately, we write it. The choice is ours. So two two quotes from writers um, about you get to write your own book now.
0: So sounds like don't hope 2021 is going to be better. You got to make, make it. it better.
1: Exactly. So... There we are. So, both of our stories by Saki this week. Excellent. <laughs> uh, he is a Scottish writer, so that's where that comes in. And uh, we're going to do two stories that have to do with leaving the past behind and new beginnings. All right. All right. You're going to start with Laura, and then I will I will tell you the other one when we get there. All
0: okay. right. Let's start this fire. <gasps> Laura, by Saki. You're not really dying, are you? Asked Amanda. I have the doctor's permission to live till Tuesday, said Laura. But today is Saturday. This is serious, gasped Amanda. I don't know about it being serious. It is certainly Saturday, said Laura. (laughs) Death is always serious, said Amanda. I never said I was going to die. I am presumably going to leave off being Laura, but I shall go on being something, an animal of some kind, I suppose. You see, when one hasn't been very good in the life one has just lived, one reincarnates in some lower organism, and I haven't been very good. Oh, damn! When one comes to think of it, I've been petty and mean and vindictive and all that sort of thing when circumstances have seemed to warrant it. Well,
1: shit. At least she's self-aware, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if you're gonna be a dick, at least know you're a dick. (laughs) At least
1: know you're a dick. Um, I love reincarnations. Like, I love that idea. (laughs) Like, no, if you were a piece of shit in like this current life, you come back as like a flea or some shit. But if you were like. A lovely person, you might come back as like a puppy or like. A
0: Actually, do you know what? Do you know what the ancient Greeks believed? No. Um, if you were, uh, if if a man was good in life, mm-hmm. you would be reincarnated as a man. If a man was bad in life, he would be reincarnated as animal. If man was very bad in life, he would be reincarnated as woman.
1: Oh, get the fuck out! I don't like that at all. This is
0: this is what they believed.
1: <laughs> well, then I would have been nasty <laughs> as fuck because being a woman sounds banging. So basically, I was an asshole Greek many, many, many centuries ago, and I just keep getting reborn as a woman.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so Laura says, I've been petty and mean and vindictive and all that sort of thing when circumstances have seemed to warrant it. Circumstances never warrant that sort of thing, said Amanda hastily. Amanda's a... No, I, th- I think you have it backwards, actually. It sounds like Amanda is a prude. Laura is a c-
1: <laughs> I'm using in the word and now we've said it three times in one episode. I'm using See You Next Tuesday in the sense of like she's being judgmental and rude. Like sometimes you gotta be petty and like get sassy with people. like seriously. you gotta lay the smack down sometimes. All right, Amanda, tell me tell me more.
0: If you don't mind my saying so, observed Laura, Egbert is a circumstance that would warrant any amount of that sort of thing. You're married to him. That's different. You've sworn to love, honor, and endure him. I haven't. I don't see what's wrong with Egbert, protested Amanda. Well, for starters, his name is Egbert. His name is Egbert! <laughs> Oh, I dare say the wrongness has been on my part, admitted Laura dispassionately. He has merely been the extenuating circumstance. He made a thin, peevish kind of fuss, for instance, when I took the collie puppies from the farm out for a run the other day. They chased his young broods of speckled Sussex and drove two sitting hens off their nests. Besides running all over the flower beds.
1: How dare they be dogs? You know how
0: devoted he is to his poultry and garden.
1: (laughs) But fuck the dogs. I don't like, I don't like, uh, Egbert and I don't like Amanda. They seem like the worst. (laughs)
0: Well, you have made your feelings on Amanda very clear. You know
1: what? I have very good judgment of character, apparently, because I knew immediately I didn't like her.
0: (laughs) Anyhow, he needn't have gone on about it for the entire evening and then said, let's say no more about it, just when I was beginning to enjoy the discussion. That's where one of my petty, vindictive revenges came in, added Laura, with an unrepentant chuckle. (laughs) I turned the entire family of speckled Sussex into his seedling shed the day after the puppy episode. "'How could you?' exclaimed Amanda. "'It came quite easy,' said Laura. Two of the hens pretended to be laying at the time, but I was firm.
1: "'And
0: we thought it was an accident!' "'You see,' resumed Laura." I really had some grounds for supposing that my next incarnation will be a lower organism. I shall be an animal of some kind. On the other hand, I haven't been a bad sort in my way, so I think I may count on being a nice animal, something elegant and lively with a love of fun. An otter perhaps. Oh my god. I'm <laughs> be an otter. I can't imagine you as an otter, said Amanda. Well, I don't suppose you can imagine me as an angel if it comes to that, said Laura. Oh my
1: god, I love Laura so much. She's like, I'll be an otter, and Amanda's like, I don't see that. And she's like, Well, I ain't no angel, bitch. I wanna I wanna update this story of like two like millennials. Having this conversation. All
0: right that that can be that can be one of your New Year's resolutions. That's one of my resolutions. You're going to write an update. This is gonna of be this. a
1: play, and I don't even know how this turns out, but I just like these. I like the dynamic of these two women.
0: Amanda was silent. She couldn't. <laughs> Personally, I think an otter life would be rather enjoyable. Continued, Laura. Salmon to eat all the year round and the satisfaction of being able to fetch the trout in their own homes without having to wait for hours till they condescend to rise to the fly you've been dangling before them and an elegant, svelte figure.
1: (laughs) Are they svelte? (laughs) I mean, they're very sleek.
0: They're sleek.
1: They are. I mean, yeah. I guess it depends on what kind of otter you are. That otter that I showed you in that TikTok video that was like dragging the news, the paper, was a very fat otter. It was
0: also a domesticated it was a otter. Domesticated.
1: Otter.
0: Been living off people food. <laughs> yeah. Not good for otters. Not
1: good for otters. The otter we saw in Minnesota was very svelte.
0: Was yeah, He's but again, living living out on the yeah. lake. Yeah. And otters are very svelte if you compare them to beavers.
1: Oh, maybe I'm thinking of beaver. I'm thinking of a beaver. <laughs> I am absolutely thinking of beavers. Never mind. (laughs) Sorry, biology.
0: Think of the otter hounds, interposed Amanda. How dreadful to be hunted and harried and finally worried to death. Rather fun with half the neighborhood looking on. And anyhow, not worse than this Saturday to Tuesday business of dying by inches. (laughs) And then I should go on into something else. If I had been a moderately good otter, I suppose I should get back into human shape. A little Egyptian boy, I should think.
1: Because <laughs> boys are worse than girls. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> Haha, Greece. Suck it. <laughs> I wish you would be
0: serious, sighed Amanda. You really ought to be if you're only going to live till Tuesday. As a matter of fact, Laura died on Monday. Oh, shit. (laughs) So dreadfully upsetting, Amanda complained to her uncle-in-law, Sir Lulworth Quain.
1: Oh, this woman is surrounded by very poorly named men. (laughs)
0: Lulworth and Egbert. Good (laughs) Lord, who names these people? If your
1: name is Egbert out there and you're listening, or Lulworth, Lulworth, I'm sorry. If your
0: name is Lulworth, good for you.
1: (laughs) If you've kept that name all through life and you're just chilling listening to a podcast you're a stronger person than i am
0: well actually i'm thinking if your name is lulworth you're probably sir lulworth lord of bloody bloody blah blah. that's true and if we have a lord of bloody bloody blah blah, listening to our podcast
1: sweet also become a patron (laughs) so dreadfully upsetting,
0: Amanda complained to her uncle-in-law, Sir Lulworth Quain. I've asked quite a lot of people down for golf and fishing and the rhododendrons are just looking their best. Laura always was inconsiderate, said Sir Lulworth. (laughs) She was born during Goodwood Week with an ambassador (laughs) staying in the house who hated babies.
1: (laughs) <laughs> What's what good
0: the wood? fuck does that mean? What is
1: good wood week? What well, is, what is I can good?
0: I can make some guesses what good wood week means when it apparently relates to an ambassador who hates babies.
1: What is good wood week? Good wood week? Good wood festival of speed? No, that's... Wait. Uh, is an annual hill climb... Featuring historic motor racing vehicles held on the grounds of Goodwood House, West Sussex, England, in late June or early July. The event is scheduled to avoid clashing with Formula One season. (laughs) So it goes way back before Formula One, I'm guessing, because uh, it also was a horse racing event before it was a, like a motor car one. So I'm guessing it was a... They said it's like on par with Ascot.
0: Oh. So it's a horse race. So Goodwood. Goodwood week.
1: Goodwood week was uh going to the horse races. So it was like the fancy horse races. And now it is a car race. <laughs> but yes, how dare this baby be born during the horse race?
0: <laughs> eh.
1: I hate these people. <laughs>
0: "'Laura always was inconsiderate,' said Sir Lulworth. "'She was born during Goodwood Week "'with an ambassador staying in the house who hated babies. "'She had the maddest kind of ideas,' said Amanda. "'Do you know if there was any insanity in her family?' (laughs) "'Insanity? No, I never heard of any. "'Her father lives in West Kensington, "'but I believe he's sane on all other subjects.'
1: Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Small town bash.
0: <laughs> Amanda looked quickly and furtively across at Sir Lulworth. Egbert was too agitated to eat any breakfast and went out to superintend the strengthening of the poultry yard defenses. I think she might at least have waited till the funeral was over, said Amanda in a scandalized voice. It's her own funeral, you know, said Sir Lulworth.
1: Yeah, shut up, Amanda.
0: It's a nice point in etiquette how far one ought to show respect to one's own mortal remains.
1: <laughs> Okay, (laughs) Lulworth is an asshole, but he's like, wow, Amanda, you just took it to a whole new level of stupid.
0: Disregard for mortuary convention was carried to further lengths next day. During the absence of the family at the funeral ceremony, the remaining survivors of the speckled Sussex were massacred. The marauders' line of retreat seemed to have embraced most of the flower bed on the lawn... But the strawberry beds in the lower garden had also suffered.
1: Wait, all his chickens got it? Yep. Laura's on the rampage.
0: (laughs) I shall get the otter hounds to come here at the earliest possible moment, said Egbert savagely. (laughs) Yes. On no account. You can't dream of such a thing, exclaimed Amanda. I mean, it wouldn't do. So soon after a funeral in the house... "'It's a case of necessity,' said Egbert. "'Once an otter takes to that sort of thing, it won't stop.' "'Perhaps it will go elsewhere now there are no more fowls left,' suggested Amanda. "'One would think you wanted to shield the beast,' said Egbert. "'There's been so little water in the stream lately,' objected Amanda." It seems hardly sporting to hunt an animal when it has so little chance of taking refuge anywhere. Good gracious, fumed (laughs) Egbert. I'm not thinking about sport. I want to have the animal killed as soon as possible. Even Amanda's opposition weakened when, during church time on the following Sunday, the otter made its way into the house, raided half a salmon from the larder, and worried (laughs) it into scaly fragments on the Persian rug in Egbert's (laughs) studio. We shall have it hiding under our beds and biting pieces out of our feet before long, said Egbert. And from what Amanda knew of this particular otter, she felt that the possibility was not a remote one. (laughs) On the evening preceding the day fixed for the hunt, Amanda spent a solitary hour walking by the banks of the stream, making what she imagined to be hound noises.
1: Oh my god, she's trying to get Amanda to. Go. Amanda's like, Laura? L- Laura? Bark,
0: bark, bark. <laughs> bark. Bark, bark, bark.
1: Speaking of s- insanity in the family. <laughs>
0: It was charitably supposed by those who overheard her performance (laughs) that she was practicing for farmyard imitations at the forthcoming Village Entertainment.
1: (laughs) What's wrong with that lady? She's she's, practicing. She's just getting ready for the festival. Wolf,
0: wolf. It was her friend and neighbor, Aurora Burritt, who brought her news of the day's sport. A pity you weren't out. We had quite a good day. We found at once in the pool just below your garden. Did you kill? asked Amanda. Rather. A fine she otter. Your husband got rather badly bitten in trying to tail it, <laughs> poor beast. I felt quite sorry for it. It had such a human look in its eyes when it was killed. You'll call me silly, but do you know who the look reminded me of? No idea. My my dear woman, what is the matter? When Amanda had recovered to a certain extent from her attack of nervous prostration, Egbert took her to the Nile Valley to recuperate. Change of scene speedily brought about the desired recovery of health and mental balance.
1: Do they go to the spa? <laughs> What's the Nile Valley like? Egypt. Egypt. He took her to Egypt to recover. <laughs> like, oh, you had a rough day. Let's go to Egypt. <laughs> like
0: Jesus. Change of scene speedily brought about the desired recovery of health and mental balance.
1: Go into the spa in Egypt.
0: The escapades of an adventurous otter in search of a variation of diet were viewed in their proper light. Amanda's normally placid temperament reasserted itself. Even a hurricane of shouted curses coming from her husband's dressing room in her husband's voice, but hardly in his (laughs) usual vocabulary, failed to disturb her serenity as she made a leisurely toilette one evening in a Cairo hotel. What is the matter? What has happened? she asked in amused curiosity. The little beast has thrown all my clean shirts into the bath. Wait till I catch you, you little What little beast? asked Amanda, suppressing a desire to laugh. Egbert's language was so hopelessly inadequate to express his outraged feelings.
1: I feel like he's doing the thing from uh Home Alone the Topeshi. <laughs> That's all I can hear right now.
0: Egbert's language was so hopelessly inadequate to express his outraged feelings. A little beast of a naked Egyptian boy, spluttered <laughs> Egbert. And now Amanda is seriously ill.
1: <laughs> Never well again. Is that the end? That's it. <laughs> Laura's my favorite person ever.
0: Laura's my favorite otter ever.
1: Favorite otter, favorite naked Egyptian boy. That's weird.
0: How many naked Egyptian boys do you know that you need to pick a favorite?
1: Um, I don't know any. <laughs> Especially ones named Laura.
0: I feel like that's not a particularly Egyptian name. Laura. Yeah.
1: Probably not. Probably not. Okay, so you get to read another one because Saki writes like 2,000 word stories. So you get two. Sweet. Um, This one is called Shredni Vashtar.
0: All right. Um, Fire number two.
1: Start that fire. Get it hotter. (laughs) You get a two for one for the last episode of 2020.
0: Shredni Vashtar. By H.H. Monroe. Yes. A.K.A. Saki.
1: A.K.A. Saki.
0: Conradin was 10 years old, and the doctor had pronounced his professional opinion that the boy would not live another five years. Good lord. What's with all these (laughs) you're gonna die soon stories?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Real
0: Um, upbeat and chipper shit.
1: Well, they are kind of funny, though. (laughs) They're not in sad ways.
0: The doctor was silky and effete and counted for little, but his opinion was endorsed by Mrs. DeRopp, who counted for nearly everything.
1: Okay, so the doctor was a fucking hack.
0: Nobody he, trusted him.
1: Yeah, okay, so the boy's fine.
0: <laughs> Mrs. DeRopp, well, except that
1: well, Mrs. His, DeRopp, his
0: opinion was endorsed by Mrs. DeRopp, who who counted for nearly everything.
1: So she, she, so she tells agrees. everybody else what to think.
0: Mrs. DeRopp was Conradin's cousin and guardian, and in his eyes, she represented those three-fifths of the world that are necessary and disagreeable and real. (laughs) The other two-fifths, in perpetual antagonism to the foregoing, were summed up in himself and his imagination. One of these days, Conradin supposed he would succumb to the mastering pressure of wearisome, necessary things, such as illnesses and coddling restrictions and drawn-out dullness. Without his imagination, which was rampant under the spur of loneliness, he would have succumbed long ago.
1: Oh, he's a sad little boy. He's an orphan. Okay, back to the orphans. We were there last week.
0: Orphan, although with family.
1: Orphan. Well, yeah, orphan with his bitchy cousin. <laughs> orphan who's being forced to live with his bitchy cousin.
0: Mrs. DeRop would never, in her honestest moments, have confessed to herself that she disliked Conradin, though she might have been dimly aware that thwarting him For his good was a duty which she did not find particularly irksome.
1: (coughs) Thwart. Thwart, thwart.
0: (laughs) Conradin hated her with a desperate sincerity which he was perfectly able to mask.
1: Okay. So she wouldn't admit that she hated him, but she hated him, and he was like, oh, I hate her. She's the worst. (laughs)
0: but he's perfectly able to mask it.
1: Well, yeah. So he Bo- can both he'll say it,
0: he'll say it to himself just fine.
1: Yeah.
0: Such few pleasures as he could contrive for himself gained an added relish from the likelihood that they would be displeasing to his guardian, and from the realm of his imagination she was locked out, an unclean thing which should find no entrance.
1: What was locked out?
0: Um so uh, when he could find fun- uh-huh. the fun was doubled if his joy brought her
1: pain pain,
0: <laughs> and she was like he he never brought her person into his imagination, okay, she was locked out of that,
1: okay, okay, great. <laughs>
0: In the dull, cheerless garden overlooked by so many windows that were ready to open with a message not to do this or that, or a reminder that medicines were due, he found little attraction. The few fruit trees that it contained were set jealously apart from his plucking, and though they were rare specimens of their kind blooming in an arid waste— it would probably have been difficult to find a market gardener who would have offered ten shillings for their entire yearly produce. In a forgotten corner, however, almost hidden behind a dismal shrubbery, was a disused tool shed of respectable proportions, and within its walls, Conradin found a haven, Something that took on the varying aspects of a playroom and a cathedral. It's
1: like his pillow fort.
0: Yeah. He he, he found a little fort in the backyard.
1: So he had, like, basically his aunt's like, you can't have any toys. I'm going to make sure all the fruit trees are too high for you to pick and climb on. There's no swing set. There's no... Go make your own fun. And so he he did. He found a pillow fort.
0: He had peopled it with a legion of familiar phantoms, evoked partly from fragments of history and partly from his own brain. But it also boasted two inmates of flesh and blood. In one corner lived a ragged, plumaged Houdan hen on which the boy lavished an affection that had scarcely another outlet.
1: Maybe it's Laura. (laughs) (laughs)
0: She <laughs> <laughs> she finally came back as one of those as chickens, of those chickens she kept chickens. picking on. <laughs> Further back in the gloom stood a large hutch divided into two compartments, one of which was fronted with close iron bars, This was the abode of a large polecat ferret, which a friendly butcher boy had once smuggled, cage and all, into its present quarters in exchange for a long-secreted hoard of small silver.
1: I love ferrets! Ferrets are so cute!
0: So he's chilling out in <laughs> he's got a uh, chicken tool shared with a chicken and a ferret.
1: <laughs> so this is a Hans Christian Andersen.
0: <laughs> Probably smells real bad. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs>
1: ferrets do not smell very good. Oh. oh no.
0: Conradin was dreadfully afraid of the lithe, sharp fanged beast, <laughs> but it was his most treasured possession. Its very presence in the tool shed was a secret and fearful joy to be kept scrupulously from the knowledge of the woman, as he privately dubbed his cousin.
1: A woman? That, that's a very different version of the woman from uh, Arthur from Conan Doyle's. Doyle.
0: And one day, out of heaven knows what material, he spun the beast a wonderful name. And from that moment, it grew into a god and a religion. The woman indulged in religion once a week at a church nearby <laughs> and took Conradin with her. But to him, the church service was an alien rite in the House of Rimmen. Every Thursday, in the dim and musty silence of the tool shed, he worshipped with mystic and elaborate ceremonial before the wooden hutch where dwelt Sredni Vashtar, the great ferret.
1: (laughs) This kid, I love it. He's like... My stupid cousin takes me to church. It's boring as fuck. But then I go home to my tool shed and And I, I worship, worship a parrot. rat. <laughs> Kids are funny.
0: <laughs> Red flowers in their season and scarlet berries in the winter time were offered at his shrine for he was a god who laid some special stress on the fierce, impatient side of things, as opposed to the woman's religion, which, as far as Conradin could observe, went to great lengths in the contrary direction.
1: (laughs) It's like Saki has an opinion about Christianity.
0: (laughs) And on great festivals, powdered nutmeg was strewn in front of his hutch, an important feature of the offering being that the nutmeg had to be stolen.
1: Mm, yeah. <laughs> now he's stealing his cousin's stuff, uh, 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 sacrificing it for yeah. For it's his...
0: it's like that's his um, uh, that's his incense.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love the name he's given this. Animal. It's very uh like Shredni Indian, Vashtar. Indian like. Like, it's like a he's created a Hindu god.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does sort of have that sound Even to it. Even
1: though he's 10.
0: These festivals were of irregular occurrence and were chiefly appointed to celebrate some passing event. On one occasion, when Mrs. Derop suffered from acute toothache for three days, Conradin kept up the festival during the entire three days and almost succeeded in persuading himself that Sredni Vashtar was personally responsible for the toothache. If the malady had lasted for another day, the supply of nutmeg would have given out. <laughs>
1: So he's practicing some witchcraft out there in the yep. out there in the the shed.
0: Some ferret craft.
1: Who <laughs> uh, people of Wiccan profession do ferrets hold a special place?
0: I feel like they'd be sort of in the weasel and fox family. Yeah, sort which of. Which
1: are very, I mean, like trickstery. In, in general. Yes, tricksters. Yeah.
0: The Houdan hen was never drawn. But yeah, into- what happened
1: to the hen? <laughs> we didn't talk about. Laura over there in the corner.
0: The Houdan hen was never drawn. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right. Howden, Howdan, Houdan, whatever.
1: Houdan. Houdan. Some sort of bird. Houdan. Houdan. The Houdan
0: hen was never drawn into the cult of Sredni Vashtar.
1: <laughs> I love that he just called it a cult.
0: <laughs> Conradin had long ago settled that she was an Anabaptist. <laughs> He did not pretend to have the remotest knowledge of what an Anabaptist was, but he privately hoped that it was dashing and not very respectable.
1: Oh, my God. He's like, yeah, Hen, you're not cool enough to be in our cult, so um, you go over there, and I'm going to make up another religion for you. <laughs> Kids are funny. <laughs> Isn't
0: Anabaptist actually a thing?
1: Is it actually a thing? I know Baptist is, but like the fact that he just said... I didn't know what an Anabaptist was. Uh, Yeah.
0: Um, Anabaptism is a Christian movement that traces its origins to the Radical Reformation.
1: All right. Well, then apologies to the Anabaptists.
0: The movement is seen by outsiders as another offshoot of Protestantism, although this view is not shared by Anabaptists, (laughs) who view themselves as a separate branch of Christianity.
1: Only chickens are allowed. Chickens and hens. <laughs> Who dat? Who dat hen? <laughs> it's
0: the chicken Baptists. He did not pretend to have the remotest knowledge of what an Anabaptist was, but he privately hoped that it was dashing and not very respectable. Mrs. DeRop was the ground plan on which he based and detested all respectability. <laughs> After a while, Conradin's absorption in the tool shed began to attract the notice of his guardian. Uh Uh-oh. It is not good for him to be pottering down there in all weathers, she promptly decided. And at breakfast one morning, she announced that the Houdan hen had been sold and taken (gasps) away overnight. With her short-sighted eyes, she peered at Conrad and waiting for an outbreak of rage and sorrow, which she was ready to rebuke with a flow of excellent precepts and reasoning. But Conradin said nothing. There was nothing to be said. Something, perhaps in his white-set face, gave her a momentary qualm, for at tea that afternoon there was toast on the table a delicacy which she usually banned on the ground that it was bad for him also because the making of it gave trouble <laughs> a deadly offense in the middle-class feminine eye
1: oh my god is toast so uh uh scandalous back no, in the day no no but
0: making it is hard
1: because you got a toast they didn't have toasters. Yeah,
0: you couldn't just push the thing down and trust that it was gonna pop out right. I mean, hell, you can't even do that now. You push the thing down and it either and it
1: still burns it, comes yeah.
0: out bread or it comes out a charcoal briquette. Yeah. <laughs> just imagine if you didn't have a toaster. Yeah. You gotta like stick it on a stick and roast it over a fire like a marshmallow. <laughs> that's how they used to make toast, right?
1: Sure. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely what they did. <laughs>
0: I thought you liked toast, she exclaimed with an injured air, observing that he did not touch it. Sometimes, said Conradin.
1: (laughs) Mikey doesn't like it.
0: In the shed that evening, there was an innovation in the worship of the hutch god. Conradin had been wont to chant his praises. Tonight, he asked a boon. Do one thing for me, Sredni Vashtar. The thing was not specified. As Sredni Vashtar was a god, he must be supposed to know. And choking back a sob, he looked at that other empty corner. Conradin went back to the world he so hated. And every night in the welcome darkness of his bedroom, and every evening in the dusk of the tool shed, "'Conradin's bitter litany went up. "'Do one thing for me, Sredni Vashtar.' "'Mrs. DeRopp noticed that the visits to the shed did not cease, "'and one day she made a further journey of inspection. "'What are you keeping in that locked hutch?' she asked. "'I believe it's guinea pigs. "'I'll have them all cleared away.'
1: (laughs) "'Guinea pigs!'
0: Conradin shut his lips tight, but the woman ransacked his bedroom till she found the carefully hidden key and forthwith marched down to the shed to complete her discovery. It was a cold afternoon, and Conradin had been bidden to keep to the house. From the furthest window of the dining room, the door of the shed could just be seen beyond the corner of the shrubbery, and there Conradin stationed himself. He saw the woman enter, and then he imagined her opening the door of the sacred hutch and peering down with her short-sighted eyes into the thick straw bed where his god lay hidden. Perhaps she would prod at the straw in her clumsy impatience, and Conradin fervently breathed his prayer for the last time, but he knew as he prayed that he did not believe. He knew that the woman would come out presently with that pursed smile he loathed so well on her face, and that in an hour or two the gardener would carry away his wonderful god, a god no longer but a simple brown ferret in a hutch.
1: That's mean. Don't take his toy away.
0: And he knew that the woman would triumph always as she triumphed now, and that he would grow ever more sickly under her pestering and domineering and superior wisdom till one day nothing would matter much more with him and the doctor would be proved right.
1: It's like the secret garden with the like kid that like <laughs> is being pampered to death yeah. so he's like dying because he's not allowed outside. He's not allowed to do things. Yeah, that's why he's sick.
0: And in the sting and misery of his defeat, he began to chant loudly and defiantly the hymn of his threatened idol. Sredni Vashtar went forth. His thoughts were red thoughts and his teeth were white. His enemies called for peace, but he brought them death. Sredni Vashtar the Beautiful.
1: Well, I'm going to write that into a song.
0: And then of a sudden... He stopped his chanting and drew closer to the window pane. The door of the shed still stood ajar as it had been left, and the minutes were slipping by. They were long minutes, but they slipped by nevertheless. He watched the starlings running and flying in little parties across the lawn. He counted them over and over again, with one eye always on the swinging door. A sour-faced maid came in to lay the table for tea and still Conradin stood and waited and watched. Hope had crept in by inches into his heart and now a look of triumph began to blaze in his eyes that had only known the wistful patience of defeat. Under his breath, with a furtive exultation, he began once again to Pipe pan.
1: Do we have to look it up?
0: P A E A N.
1: Peen? <laughs> a song of praise or triumph. A thing that expresses enthusiastic praise. His books are peens to combat. A peen of praise for the great poets.
0: Peen?
1: It's like it's like a southern person saying pen. Pen. It's, it's a pen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want a pen.
1: I want a pen.
0: Under his breath, with a furtive exultation, he began once again the pen of victory <laughs> and devastation. And presently, his eyes were rewarded. Out through that doorway came a long, low, yellow and brown beast with eyes a-blink at the waning daylight and dark, wet stains around the fur of jaws and throat. What? Conradin dropped on his knees. The great polecat ferret made its way down to a small brook at the foot of the garden, drank for a moment, then crossed a little plank bridge and was lost to sight in the bushes. Such was the passing of Sredni Vashtar. Tea is ready," said the sour-faced maid. "Where's the mistress? Oh. She went down to the shed some time ago," said Conradin. And while the maid went to summon her mistress to tea, Conradin fished a toasting fork out of the sideboard drawer and proceeded to toast himself a piece of bread.
1: So he did.
0: <laughs> he roasted like a damn he marshmallow. On
1: a fucking fire. <laughs> There's your psychic moment of this story.
0: <laughs> I didn't Wait, realize that's actually how you toasted bread.
1: I didn't bread. <laughs> A toasting That's so fork. creepy. Maybe it's one that like it, it like clamps Probably clamps it, down, down on it yeah. rather than
0: sticking into it. Yeah,
1: but yeah, that, well, there you go. Huh. Wait, where's his aunt or his cousin? <laughs> Is she dead?
0: <laughs> and during the toasting of it and the buttering of it with much butter and the slow enjoyment of eating it... Conrad and listened to the noises and silences which fell in quick spasms beyond the dining room door, the loud foolish screaming of the maid, the answering chorus of wondering ejaculations (laughs) from the kitchen region. (laughs) Little 10-year-old boy listening to a kitchen orgy.
1: Ejaculation in a long time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you really should have more frequent ejaculations.
1: <laughs> I miss that word. I miss it so much. Without Hastings in the room, I like it just yeah. doesn't happen as often.
0: Well, I mean, it makes sense. There's all of a sudden a giant ferret running around by the river, and now people start ejaculating. This is just a household full of furries.
1: Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, ejaculating in the kitchen has, has um, some, some hygienic...
0: Has There, there are some uh, <laughs> implicit dangers.
1: Yes, but...
0: <laughs> the loud, foolish screaming of the maid, the answering chorus of wondering ejaculations from the kitchen region, the scuttering <laughs> the footsteps... The kitchen region. <laughs> the scuttering footsteps and hurried embassies from outside help, and then, after a lull... The scared, sobbing, and shuffling tread of those who bore a heavy burden into the house. Whoever will break it to the poor child I couldn't for the life of me, exclaimed a shrill voice. And while they debated the matter among themselves, Conradin made himself another piece of toast.
1: Oh my freaking God, that ferret killed his cousin. He worshipped a ferret that then actually turned into a murderer that killed his aunt that was killing him.
0: The the ferret murder god.
1: The ferret murder god who has released him. So he was dying because she was like treating him poorly. So now he did. He's dead. He's alive. He's now an orphan again. And uh, I would like to know what happened to his first family.
0: I'll (laughs) bet. Oh, no.
1: <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, I've had some relatives I don't love, but I don't wish them to be attacked by fairies.
0: There have been some people in my life who I did not particularly care for, yeah. but I never went so far as to create a religion <laughs> and invent a god that would literally rain down vengeance.
1: <laughs> That's some dark-ass shit for a 10-year-old.
0: That's impressive. <laughs>
1: that is... I mean, that is some,
0: that is some, uh, that is some commitment to otherworldly revenge.
1: Yes, that is. I wonder where the, maybe the ferret was Laura. <laughs> <laughs> and now she goes around getting she, reincarnated into things that can like free other people that, from their burdens. That,
0: well, or that just fuck with people. Yeah. <laughs> she was an otter who messed with chickens. And then I guess like the Egyptian Bellboy or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean she's
1: basically the Egyptian like bellboy or like well no except except
0: he was naked so, so he's like he the... probably so he probably broke into the hotel just to fuck up Egbert's shirts. <laughs> yeah,
1: why was he naked? I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> or maybe um, he was like a butler and then but butlers were naked back then. I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: but then he turned into then she after becoming he yeah. turned into uh, the ferret.
1: Yeah, yeah, and
0: and now he's. Uh, Headed off into the river
1: to become an otter again, maybe. To become an otter again, maybe. Maybe
0: they're gonna head over to Sussex and fuck up some more of Egbert's I chickens. I mean, I
1: don't know how the reincarnation gods work, um, but after you murder someone, <laughs> I wonder what you get reincarnated as, even yeah, if it I don't was know. for the better good, maybe, but
0: like, or. Did she just reincarnate enough times that she has now I mean, it seems she has now reincarnated as a god. So she gets to control her own reincarnation. I mean, yeah. there were hints that she was controlling kind of her own reincarnations it. already.
1: I mean, she got to become all the things she said. Yeah. Well, rock on, Laura. All right. <laughs> and rock on, Shredney Vashtar. You go you you go little ferret. So those were both like new beginnings for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and both dealing with um, the 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 untimely death of people. Yeah. <laughs> those were strange.
1: Even though one of them was like, "I know I'm dying." Yeah. And the other one was like, "The little boy's gonna die," and he's like, "I don't think so."
0: Nope. My ferret god protects me.
1: (laughs) Ferrets. Ferrets are really weird, but they're really cute.
0: They are. They can
1: be. They like slither around you and they're so fuzzy.
0: They're like cat snakes.
1: They are. (laughs) Cat snakes. Cat snake otters. (laughs) So that was it. That's 2020. 2020.
0: That is a wrap on uh, our first year of podcasting.
1: Our first well half year. Well yeah but twenty twenty was was the first year. So
0: that's that's the the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, we'll start next year. Next week.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is when it starts. Yeah. Is next week.
0: Actually I think technically next year starts later this week, but
1: That's true. That's true. But yeah, we haven't missed a week. No. Um, we got 1,500 downloads. Um, if you want to send us some more story suggestions, we would love that. Yeah, please do. Um, so those were recommended, as I said, by um, Evan Morris from the Facebook group Pretentious Literature and Language Elites. <laughs> so thank you, Evan. Thank you, Evan. For both of those. He recommended both of them. So yay. Yay. Thank you, Evan. And yeah, keep sending us story suggestions. We have uh, fifty. If the arts production at gmail.com. I was questioning my life choices at that moment. <laughs> um, you can also go to our website, campfireclassicspodcast.com, and you can leave us messages there. Um, we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can listen wherever. Uh,
0: If you go out and and stand on the street corner and shout really loud about Campfire Classics podcast for a full 24 hours... We won't respond, but probably someone else will hear you shouting and start listening to our podcast. I'm guessing so.
1: Siri will hear it and you'll just start getting advertisements for it randomly on your Google searches because <laughs> that's how creepy the world is now. If you say Campfire Classics podcast loud enough in your house enough, you'll it'll start just getting start Facebook ads. Up. There you go. And let us know if you do, because that's cool Cause and creepy. that'd be
0: creepy because we don't have Facebook <laughs> we ads. We don't have
1: Facebook ads. But what twenty twenty. All right, we wish you all a happy, happy new year. If it is already 2021 where you're listening to this, fuck 2020. Boom. It's gone. Yeah. But we love you guys, and... uh Happy, happy new beginnings.
0: Happy new beginnings. Here's to new beginnings.
1: Should old acquaintance be
0: forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot? Let a An old anxiety. For old anxiety, my dear, for old anxiety. We'll take a cup of kindness yet for all Thank you. This has been Campfire Classics, where we try to read those books that look really good on your shelf.
1: I really don't know the words of that song. <laughs>